And welcome into the Most Accurate Podcast. I'm Anthony Stalzer, joined as always by John Paulson, 444.com's senior editor. And John, I'd ask you how you're doing, but I'm sure you're not doing too well after the Green Bay Packers came up short yesterday. Um, I I looked at my buddy. We went to the bar to watch the game. I looked at my buddy when the pan, when the Packers were down by two touchdowns and there was about five or six minutes left. And I, I looked at him and I said, this is an Aaron Rodgers game. I thought very confident that you guys would have the ball in your hands past midfield with a shot to at least tie the game. And uh turned out I was right, but the the fumble in the end there that that cost you. So sorry about your Packers, man. Yeah, it's uh it's it was tough. I know any any listener out there who follows the team uh when the when the playoffs are now out of reach, it's a disappointing feeling. But uh that's the way it goes. Uh the defense isn't I mean even if they had made the playoffs, the defense wasn't good enough to um to get them to the Super Bowl or anything. So too many injuries, too much bad coaching, I think. And um, that's just the way it goes. Well, we'll talk about some of the Packers a little bit later on. Why don't you tell us about the music that brought us in? Yeah, this is a track uh, called She Will Have Her Way uh, by Neil Finn. Uh, Neil Finn is uh, was the one of, he's a member of the Split Ends. People my age or older might remember them from the 80s. He also uh, fronted, or still fronts, a Crowded House. But he also had a little bit of a solo career, and I thought this was a really good track. Uh, she Will Have Her Way, uh, the fifth track off of his 1998 album, Try Whistling This. So I'll add it to the the Most Accurate Podcast playlist on uh, Spotify. All right, John, let's get into the fallout from Week 15. I wanted to start off with Antonio Brown. So he reportedly, according to Adam Schefter of ESPN, partially tore his calf muscle. You saw him limp off the field yesterday in that wild Patriots uh Steelers game he never returned now we know that again he's got a partially torn calf muscle he's unlikely to play in week week 16 in fact he's probably not expected back until the postseason so let's take a fantasy angle on this if you're an Antonio Brown owner and you were fortunate enough to survive the injury yesterday and now you're in the the championship you got Bryant you got Smith Schuster you got Eli Rogers there in Pittsburgh what what are options for Antonio Brown you uh, owners well, I don't know that there are great ones. I mean, Martavis Bryant might be out on the waiver wire. Uh, Juju is not, I'm sure. Um, Juju had a six for 114 on six targets. Uh, Martavis Bryant found the end zone, uh, had four catches for 59 yards on six targets as well. Uh, Eli Rogers, I'm sure, is available on the waiver wire, but you know he only had two targets, caught one for 18 and a touchdown. So the touchdown sort of saved his fantasy day. Not not that anyone was really starting him. Uh, I think uh, Martavis and Juju, I mean, I think Juju will probably be ranked, uh, I would say, top 15, top 20, uh, given the matchup against the Texans and no Antonio Brown in the lineup. And then Martavis, I think, will be ranked in the 20 to 30 range because uh, for the same reason, I mean, the, the matchup's great against Houston and, you know, he's got a good, quarterback uh, the game will be indoors uh probably so um both those players i think are gonna be very startable in week 16 what are your thoughts on aaron Rodgers? he returns yesterday he goes 26 of 45 290 yards three touchdowns unfortunately also had the three interceptions he, he rushed six times for 43 yards there were several plays where he didn't have anybody open found a crease picked up for a first down I thought the one touchdown that he threw, I think it was to Randall Cobb, where he was falling down and he got it out in time. There were moments where you're like, okay, Aaron Rodgers is back. Unfortunately, like I mentioned, he had the three picks. 
from a fantasy standpoint, if that was enough to get you into the finals, are you using him in week 16? Well, I don't know if he's going to play. The Packers have seven losses now. Uh, I think they're virtually eliminated. If your Falcons win tonight, I believe that knocks the Packers out of the playoffs. Even if they, even if the Falcons lose, I think they have to lose their last two games for the Packers to have a chance to make it. So, I mean, if they're out of the playoffs, I don't see him playing next week against Minnesota. I don't think it's worth the risk to have him out there um, if there's nothing on the line. Uh, so that was by, well, by the way, that was his first three pick game since 2009. Wow. Uh, November 8th, 2009. So it's been a while. Uh, he was kind of, uh, you know, the rusty, I think is what uh, Joe Buck and uh, Troy Aikman were calling it until I turned, until I turned them off and listened to the Packer radio feed. <laughs> I tweeted out beforehand, I go, how many minutes before I, uh, how many minutes do I listen to Joe Buck before turning on the WTMJ uh, radio feed? And people were like, why, why even, why even bother? Uh, because, you know, when things are not going well for your team, if your team falls behind and Joe Buck and uh, Troy Aikman are calling the game, it's just so painful because all they do is pile on. Uh, everything's going wrong for your team. Just point out, you know, and the other teams can't do anything wrong. Right. It's really painful. Anyway, uh, I'm, I'm digressing. <laughs> I can, hear, uh, the, I can so, hear the pain in your voice. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so uh, I, I don't think he plays next week. We'll see what the – I mean, I think the Falcons probably go in and win uh, against Tampa tonight. Um, I guess if they don't, the Packers have to look at their playoff odds. And, and if they're still alive, I guess they run them out there. Um, the Vikings at home, uh, it's not a great matchup. But, uh, but Aaron Rodgers is typically very good at home. Uh, he's got 16 touchdowns on the season, uh, playing in one, two, three, four, five, six full games. Uh, so that's a pretty, uh, you know, you're probably going to get two to three touchdowns out of him, even, even against the the Vikings. So I, I guess we have to kind of wait and see. Maybe we can talk about this on the Friday pod. All right. Uh, this might be a tough question then to, to answer, um, but I do want to stick with that game, and I do want to stick with the Packers. So Devontae Adams suffered a nasty concussion. Uh, it was an illegal peel-back block by – Panthers linebacker Thomas Davis, um, horrible shot. You could tell Thomas Davis felt bad about it because on the sidelines he kept showing him with his head in his hands. But, I mean, the bottom line is it was just it was a horrific block, and Adam suffered a concussion. He's got a history of concussions as well. So assuming that he doesn't play in Week 16, and again, I know this is tough because you don't know if Rodgers is going to play, but what are your expectations then for guys like Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Germano Allison? I mean, just, just kind of talk about the Packers wide receivers. And Adams was the one that got lit up by Danny Trevathan, right? Right. right. The Bears. Yeah. So he's had like two of the dirtiest shots Mm -hmm. that I can remember this season. Or maybe just because I'm watching the Packer game, I remember those. Uh, Yeah, I doubt he plays this week. Uh, Another situation, if they're they're knocked out of the – that's a poor poor choice of words. If they're eliminated (laughs) from the playoff playoff contention – I don't see Adams playing if they, you know, whether or not he even clears the concussion protocol. Uh, if they are, you know, if he does and they are still alive, I guess he would play. It's a tough matchup against the Vikings. Uh, if he sits, you know, Cobb and Geronimo Allison get a bump. Uh, but obviously, you know, if Brett Hundley is under center, you, you can't really trust any of these guys in a bad matchup against the Vikings. 
All right, one more Packers question, and then we'll move on. Uh, I'm sure you're ready to move Don't on already. Me. Yeah. Jamal Williams rushed 10 times for 30 yards in that loss, and then Aaron Jones rushed three times for 47 yards in the loss. Uh, Jones played 26 of 70 snaps. That's only 37%. So what do, you, what do you do now, given the usage, if you use Jones or if you used Williams last week, how do you sort through this heading into week 16? I don't think it's uh, safe to start either of these guys against the Vikings, uh, especially if uh, Aaron Rodgers isn't playing because he'll open up things in the running game that Brett Hundley won't. Uh, so I would, I mean, Jones looked a lot better than Williams yesterday, uh, but Williams still had 10 carries while Jones had, had three uh, carries and one reception. So, you know, Williams is still ahead of Jones, but things are getting a little bit closer. I don't think it matters a whole lot against the Vikings. All right, Keenan Allen hurt his back on Saturday night. Do you expect him to play in week week sixteen? Yeah, that's a that's a situation where you need to monitor because uh, we just won't know until you know practices start up and we'll see if he's available. Uh, the Chargers still uh, alive in the playoffs, or are they? Yes, they are. They knocked out. Okay, so uh, that that's a big part of it too. I mean, if they get if they're eliminated and this guy he's dealing with a a, a back injury, then they're probably going to shut him down. If they're still alive, then and he's practicing, then I think you can count on him. Yeah, I was trying to sort through the AFC playoff picture a little bit earlier before we came on the pod. And the Chargers, after losing to the Chiefs, the division doesn't look very good for them. Um, but they still have an opportunity to land in the the playoffs because of the wild card. It, it, it looks a little bleak right now, but they're in the they're in the same conversation as the Ravens, the Titans, and the Bills. Uh, all right, I, okay. I say this with all due respect, John. Uh, who the hell is, um, <laughs> who the hell is Keelan Cole and uh, I don't even know his first name, Mickens from the Jaguars? <laughs> who are who are these guys? Where did they come from? And why are they ruining fantasy owners' days? Okay, well, I don't know exactly where they came from. Uh, I do know that they're both receivers for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Keelan Cole's been playing, uh, and had, he had a touchdown last week, yeah, I think, or a did. nice game last week. Uh, he was started kind of get on the radar. But he had nine targets uh, this week, seven for 186 and a touchdown. Jaden Mickens, four for 61 and two touchdowns. And I think, uh, you know, Marquise Lee uh, got injured, and he has, a, I believe, he has a high ankle sprain. So this opened up a lot of snaps and targets for Cole and Mickens, and they really took advantage. Plus, D.D. Westbrook um, only had two targets, two catches for 21 yards on two targets. So, you know, he wasn't as targeted as much as he had been. Um, so they have the 49ers next week, I believe. So, um, you know, pretty decent matchup for for these guys. Uh, Lee's probably going to sit, so you're going to probably have Westbrook, uh, Cole, and Mickens uh, out there, and uh, – I think a lot of it depends on Leonard Fournette and his health, but uh, you know they're, they're going to be decent starts next week against the 49ers. And I, 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 of course, I'm being flippant on Keelan Cole because you, you've had him in some sneaky starts articles. We've talked about him before. But when, when I kept hearing Mickens, 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 I'm like, Ray Mickens, the former Jets cornerback, he's back? I mean, what, that, I, that was unbelievable. <laughs> Let's stick with the Jaguars. Let's talk about Leonard Fournette. And this is an opportunity for you to talk about Corey Grant, who had himself a nice day. One touchdown, 69 yards. Because Chris Ivory, who rushed 17 times for, for 42 yards, he wound up getting hurt. If Fournette doesn't play again in Week 16, who's the back right now to own? I mean, does it? Do we just have to wait and see? Do you trust any of these guys? Do you eliminate 
the Jacksonville running back situation? If it's not Leonard, Leonard Fournette, how do you handle it? Well, I think he, I think first of all, I think Fournette's probably going to be back. According to Eden Rappaport, he's only supposed to miss one week, uh, so we'll see if he's able to upgrade his practice activity this week. And if he does, if he does start practicing, then uh, I would expect him to play. Uh, if he's out, it really looks like a th- almost like a three-man committee, and it's really ugly uh, because what I don't like is you do have a guy like Ivory who's got the bulk of the touches, but if he's not producing, then you can't trust him because now they're going to start uh, looking at other running backs like Yeldon and, and Grant. and I think Grant's ahead of Yeldon in terms of uh, carries. So this just looks like a like a three-man committee if, if uh, Fournette doesn't play, but I think he will play. Let's talk about Rex Burkhead. He got hurt yesterday in that victory over the Steelers. He reportedly, according to Ian Rappaport, he reportedly um, suffered a sprained knee. He's also dealing with a bruise. An MRI on Monday will likely likely confirm both things. If he's done for the regular season, is there any other back that benefits here? We already know that Deion Lewis is, is startable, but um, James White, Mike Gillisley, do, do, you, do you see those guys having their roles expanded enough to be fantasy options? Well, certainly. I mean, Burkhead, uh, his role has been growing and he's been seeing significant uh, work over the last, you know, four or five weeks. Um, so th- those touches are going to need to be distri- distributed and they're not going to give them all to Deion Lewis because he's not a huge back. So I think what happens is Gillisley is now active if Burkhead misses, which it looks like he will. Uh, and then Gillisley gets those gets a handful of carries behind Deion Lewis, but Deion Lewis is still your best is going to be your best start. And then James White maybe picks up some of Burkhead's slack in the passing game because obviously that's his his skill set. But I think Deion Lewis all of a sudden will be you know a top fifteen or so running back. Uh, you know, depending on the matchup, and it looks like a great one against the the Bills. Uh, they're thirty second just for fantasy points allowed. So I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if I have rank, uh, Lewis ranked top. 14, top 12, somewhere in that range. Let's talk about um, some other running backs here. Kerwin Williams totaled 61 yards on 17 carries in the Cardinals' loss to the Redskins. However, he also suffered a quad injury. That that helps explain uh, why Elijah Penny wound up collecting 45 yards on 10 carries. If Kerwin Williams can't go, is there any upside with Elijah Penny? Or are, you, are you skeptical with the Arizona backfield for Week 16? Yeah, I mean, the first thing I look at when the situation happens is, okay, do I want to pick up Penny? And the answer depends a lot on the matchup. And they've in week 16, they face the Giants, who are 31st in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running back. So this is looking like it would be a good um, pickup and plug and play. He's not, you know, he's got two catches on the year, so he's not like involved as a as a, a pass catcher. But he should, you know, if if Kerwin's out, you should. I would think that Penny would see 15 to 20 carries, and that gives him. Uh, pretty good value in week 16. All right, here's some good news, bad news here with Jay Ajayi. So he rushed 12 times for 49 yards. He also got two of two targets for 40 yards. So he did enough to to be, you know, not not uh, kill you if you started him yesterday. He's the clear back. that He's the clear number one back in Philly. That's the good news. The bad news is, uh, one, the Giants bottled them up pretty well. And LeGarrette Blunt and, and Corey Clement also stayed involved. They, they had seven and five touches respectively. Do you feel like Jay Ajayi is a RB2 for Week 16? Do you think he's only a flex option at this point? What's Jay Ajayi's upside and downside? I think he's like a, a desperation RB2, looking more like an RB3 flex type. He'd probably be ranked mid-20s to you know upper 20s. 
It's 25 to 30 range, I would think. Uh, the matchup's pretty good against Oakland. So that's, you know, like I said before, the matchup is key with guys like this because if they're only going to see 12 to 15 carries, they need to be pretty productive in those carries. Uh, it was nice to see him get the, the two catches for 40 yards, though. Uh, that at me, and he had a pretty decent day, 89 yards. I had people grumbling at me at, on Twitter about uh, he got off to a slow start. And I was just like, you, get, you know, it's still got half a play. Um, <laughs> so just chill out, maybe turn the game off, go for a walk. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think he'll be a decent play and they, you know, they were talking about his role growing and then, uh, he actually takes a step back when it comes to total touches, but he's still seeing in that, uh, he, you know, 14 this week, he had 16 last week, 12 the week before. So it's, it's growing his role. It's just a matter of, uh, it's not growing fast enough for, for fantasy orders. All right. So Marquis Goodwin caught 10 of 13 passes for 114 yards in the 49ers week 15 win over the, the Titans. Uh, I was just the third of Goodwin's career that he, that he racked up uh, 100 yards in one game. And normally I would just say, okay, Marquis Goodwin looks like he's matchup proof moving forward. However, the reason why I put him on the rundown here is he's got Jalen Ramsey in the Jaguars next week. So when you look at Goodwin, he's coming off a great performance. He's been steady over the last couple of weeks. He's got, now got a real quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo, but he's got a tough matchup next week. So how do you handicap Goodwin for week 16? Yeah, this is one of the toughest matchups. The Jag, uh, Jaguars are second in adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. So, yeah, he's not going to be ranked as high as I had him this week. I think I had him at 21, 22, somewhere in there. Um, so the, that – Probably won't be that high. Probably be in the in the twenties, uh, further down in the twenties in the rankings because you know everybody that plays Jacksonville pretty much uh, doesn't meet their uh, season averages. Uh, but it's nice to see him uh, producing. Uh, and one thing I wanted to point out, you know, this is another Bills receiver. I went back and looked at the Bills twenty fifteen receivers. Are you ready for this, Anthony? Sammy Watkins, Robert Woods, Marquise Goodwin, and Chris Hogan. They were all on the roster 2015, and uh, <laughs> they're all no longer with the Bills. Uh, so, that, you know, this is a he's a speed guy, and they've, uh, you know, figured out how to use him there in San Francisco, and it's nice to see him uh, thriving, uh, getting a change of scenery. Boy, that's a, that's that's wild about that, that roster. And then you think about the Bills giving up a draft pick to acquire Kelvin Benjamin. It's like you, you had all the talent on that roster. You just – you didn't know how to utilize it or you didn't know what you had. So that that's wild. Let's stick with the 49ers here. Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I just brought up his name. He's played like an elite-level quarterback thus far. He had 381 yards and a touchdown in that win against the Titans. He was 31 of, of 43. You got Carson Wentz out for the year. You've got Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston underperforming. Jared Goff hasn't been a great streaming option over the last two or three weeks. Is Jimmy Garoppolo for desperate quarterbacks – uh, quarterback owners, is he now a streaming option for Week 16? I, I would say yes, but I would, with the caveat that it's not a good streaming option because the matchup is pretty awful. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars first in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks, so they are the worst matchup in the league for a quarterback. I think he's playing he's playing well. Uh, you know, the 8.92 yards per attempt. You know, he only has three touchdowns though, and one of them came in a in Week 12. Uh, when he had two attempts, so it wasn't like a full game for him. In his three starts, he has two touchdowns and two interceptions. So the yardage is great. Uh, the scores are not there, and that would make me leery. I think there's going to be better options out there for for streamers. 
Okay, well, how about how about I combine these next two then, since we're talking about quarterback streaming options. So you have Nick Foles, who played very well against the Giants, 24 of 38, 237, four touchdowns. He also took he only took one sack, no turnovers. I mean, all, all things considered, great performance by Nick Foles, albeit against a, a Giants defense that's not very good. The other option is Blake Bortles, 326 yards, three touchdowns. We talked about the receivers earlier that he was throwing to and no Leonard Fournette. So Foles and Bortles, do you like those two as potential potentially better streaming options than Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, and I would say that Foles I would put ahead of, right now anyway, put ahead of Bortles because Bortles getting Fournette back, they're going to probably go more run-oriented and fewer pass attempts. Plus they lost uh, Marquise Lee, so – the, the, the receivers are hurting there a little bit. Um, he still should have a good game. It's the, it's the 49ers that, that he faces, 27th adjusted fantasy points allowed uh, to quarterbacks. Meanwhile, Foles uh, plays uh, Oakland at home, 24th adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. Uh, I just think that uh, Foles would be, better, would be the better play given the changes that are surrounding uh, Bortles in the running game and the passing game. All right, I'm assuming that the the answer to this is yes, but I did want to ask you about Greg Olson. Uh, nine of twelve targets, 116 yards, and a touchdown. And we, I had mentioned it on on another uh, show. I thought, you know, look, if you're going to play him, you're going to play him this week because of the the snaps had been growing over the last couple of weeks. Is he back? Is he uh, a true tight end one next week? Yeah, and I, I'm kicking myself because I should have ranked him higher. I should have known that he was going to kill the Packers. He always kills the Packers. <laughs> you said that last week. Uh, yeah, 92% of the snaps in week 14 had a goose egg. wasn't even targeted in week 14. So you just wonder what was going on there. And then he, he follows that up with a 12-target game, 9 for 116 and a touchdown against the Packers. He had – I mean, there's a blown coverage on his touchdown. Uh, we just decided not to cover him. I also like that – the Dom Capers decided not to cover Christian McCaffrey on his pass routes. That was very unorthodox. I'm sure the whole Panther <laughs> offense was, you know, thrown off by the fact that no one was covering their number one receiver. Um, so yeah. Uh, yeah. I think Olsen this week, Tampa Bay, he'll be, I'll have him ranked pretty high. I think, uh, you know, I would, I don't know if top five, but I think probably top seven, top eight, he feels like he's back, and then they have Funchess, who's you know Funchess. <laughs> I thought he was going to have a real good game against the Packers, and uh, he didn't. He dropped a touchdown. I thought it was kind of a funny thing that he did because he was his left shoulder was the one I think that was bothering him in practice, and he took a hard hit on his right shoulder, dropped the ball, landed on his right shoulder, and then got up holding his left <laughs> shoulder, which I thought was. I don't know. Like, okay, is he is he a little embarrassed that he dropped a touchdown, or maybe the the shock of hitting the ground caused the left shoulder? Yeah, to, I mean, right. I, I'm not a football player, so I don't. Uh, I, you know, he might have the shock of hitting the ground might have caused his left shoulder to hurt. But I just thought, but then he was in the next play, or like I was like, okay, Funches is gone for a while, and then he was like a next player, the next you know two plays later, that overturned touchdown in the in the end zone. How how'd the guy's butt not hit the sideline? That was the a, end line. That was I don't a touchdown. Know, I don't. Yeah, that was. That that, uh, that, that, that should have been a touchdown. All right. Uh, I don't know why the butt, the foot can't touch the sideline for it to be a catch, but the butt can touch the end line and be a catch or didn't touch the end line. 
I, I kind of felt like it, it, <laughs> the way it hit, I mean, this is what a wild, I mean, if you, if you were a referee yesterday, you had, you had a hell of a day, uh, including a night where I don't know, I don't know if you were watching that game, but you know, it was a first down play and Gene's territory pulled out an index card to figure out whether or not the ball, I mean, it was just, it <laughs> was just it. a first down play. I mean, it's just absolutely wild, but I actually thought at first I'm like, no, his, his, his left cheek is out. Part of his left cheek is hitting the end zone line. And then when they showed, there was just one final angle that they showed, and I thought he got enough of it in. But I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, yes, Greg Olson, you can start him uh, next week against the Bucks. All right, fair enough. Let's move on to the Monday Night Football matchup. I I actually think that this is going to be a higher-scoring game. You get the Falcons and the Saints. I'm sorry, Falcons and the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are, are without three key defenders no Levante David, their best linebacker. No um, McCoy, their best defensive lineman, might be their best defensive player, period. And their rookie corner, Vernon Hargraves, is out as well. This is a Tampa Bay defense that was struggling to hold opponents out of the end zone with those three defenders. So this could be a, an ugly game, and as a Falcon fan, I hope it is. Although Tampa Bay, for whatever reason, tends to give Matt Ryan issues. Um, Tevin Coleman's out, we know that expectations for Devontae Freeman and then what are you looking what else are you looking for tonight uh I have uh, Freeman at uh as my number two fantasy running back this week uh probably should have had him at three with the way Gurley uh played against the Seahawks uh I, but no you know if you if you have to tie Gurley you were starting him anyway um but uh I think Freeman with with Coleman out you're gonna see you know an extra five or six touches this is a really good matchup against uh, the Bucks. you mentioned the injury to McCoy uh, generally speaking, they're pretty banged up. That the defense has not been healthy really all year, uh, and so they're going to have to have some kind of a weird, um, spirited game because they're four and nine. They're out of the playoff hunt. They just their only solace right now is that they can maybe ruin the Falcons' chances of uh, making the postseason. Right, so that's what they're playing for, and it's pride on Monday night. So I, th- I would, I would have a better take on this game if, if this was just a Sunday game that you know wasn't nationally televised I think there's going to be a little bit there's some weirdness that can go on with Monday night where the Bucks can out you know play above their heads a little bit and give uh, the Falcons more trouble than probably the uh, you would have on paper but I, I would I do expect the, the Falcons to win this one it's just a, a big talent difference right now yeah if you look back Atlanta last year in Tampa Bay absolutely blew them out it was 43 to 28 however Tampa Bay was coming off an overtime game five days prior. So they had played an extra quarter and then got less rest and less preparation. So that was a good spot for Atlanta, right? However, if you go back and look at the other home games for Tampa Bay, they beat them in 2015 in Tampa. Uh, They beat them in 2013 in Tampa. You go back even further than that, Tampa has had a decent amount of success at home against the Falcons. I maybe this is just a Falcon fan coming out in me. I'm, I'm nervous, and with everything on the line, it's like, oh, you know, time time for the Falcons to, to choke. But they should win the game. I just think it's going to be a lot closer than than people think. I hope I'm wrong, but we'll see what happens. Um, that will do it for the latest podcast. Good stuff as always, John. You can follow John on Twitter at four at uh, four for four underscore John. You can follow me as well at Anthony Stalter. Good luck tonight if you're fantasy championship. Uh, is on the line, another playoff game is on the line, whatever it may be. Good luck. Hopefully uh, you have the right players going tonight and you're not playing against Devontae Freeman or Julio Jones or something. Um, We'll see on Friday. We'll break it all down for you again, leading into what many fantasy owners will have as their championship game. 
Until then, that's it for the Most Accurate Podcast. See you on Friday.